Father, we thank you. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, Lord. You're faithful. You're a good God. Your mercy endures forever. Lord, we just want to thank you, Father, for you, for the way that you've been speaking to us, O oh Lord, through this year, O oh Lord. And Lord, even as we come to this final Saturday of this year, I pray, Father, that Lord, you would speak to our hearts again. Anoint us, all of us, to hear your voice and enable me, O oh Lord. Anoint me, Father, to speak your word, Father, with clarity, with unction. And Lord, that all of us will understand what you have to say, O oh Lord, in this last hour of time. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, just want to summarize the year. You know, one of the most uh, difficult, I mean, scary moments to share the word is when you come to a point in your life where it's, things are at stake, no? Pastor was talking to me last time. He said, Vijay, you want to preach on the fifth Sunday and it's you want to end up the year. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I supposed to share? And he said, just wind up and just do a review of what we have done all these 52 Sundays. So I just wanted to start with uh, one verse we had a promise, as a promise at the beginning of the year. It's in Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord. He desires one thing of the Lord, that he will seek for it, that he will, that, that he will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire his temple. And he says, one thing, focus on the Lord. That is through the year. That's what we... That's what we've been doing through the preaching, through the teaching, through the Bible studies and through all the things that we have learned is to stay focused on the Lord. You know, I was teaching the children about attention. Uh, I was uh, inclined and be attentive. What does it mean to be attentive? No, they were all looking at me. I just wanted to explain to them. As, so I just showed them a, a, a diagram. I said, you know, how many of you have seen uh, uh, them? A magnifying glass. You know it, right? So in order for to use the magnifying glass to heat something or to make something catch fire, what do you do? You just uh, put the rays of the sun and put the paper there and allow the rays of the sun to just come and concentrate and then fire comes, right? That's, I, I don't, that's exactly what uh, attention is. That you have so much of energy, so many giftings and everything that you have and everybody is asking for your attention. And focus is that ability to to harness all the energies that God has given you, the giftings and the talents and what have you, the resources that God has given you and to make them focused on one single objective, the will of God in your life. And you know what happens? Things happen. That's what we call a laser beam, right? Why does it cut? Because it's, it's energy concentrated. It's all light. It's not scattered. So that is what we were focusing on through the year. How to lay aside every weight, every distraction, every sin that so easily besets us. Sin is not so much of a problem for believers because we know what sin is. But weight, that's difficult, right? So we need to, we, that's what the focus of, uh, of, of, of the church was through the year. And, you know, when you come to the end of the year, there's one psalm which kind of uh, talks about the brevity of life. You know, that is Psalm 90. I'm not going to go to Psalm 90, but I'm just going to take some excerpts of Psalm 90. And I would just want to uh, show how Moses describes how brief life is. 
in his words. Look at what he says. Thousand years are like yesterday. I, mean, I, I just stopped there for a minute. I said, just what? what th- thousand years are like yesterday. So if assuming a linear relationships between numbers and data, I don't know if there's logarithmic, I'm not sure. I just leave it that. But simple equations, linear relationships. 1000 years is like 24 hours. Okay. Therefore, one year is like 0.1% of yesterday. That's one year. Assuming linear calculations, by the way. So last year is 0.1% of 24 hours. So I did a small calculation. So last year is equal to 0.1% of 24 hours equal to 0.025 hours, which equals 1.44 minutes, which equals 86.4 seconds. That is one year. That is approximately 90 seconds. You see the perspective? Okay, fine. I, I, I did another calculation. Okay, I said average lifespan, okay, if, if according to the Bible, 70 plus 10. Right? So if you are living for 80 years, that means in God's equations, you have lived for 1.92 hours. That is equal to 115.2 minutes. Stop there. How many minutes? 115.2 minutes. You know, I was just looking at that number, 115.2 minutes. I was thinking, where did I see that number? Have you ever seen any movie, you have the central uh, sensor board certification? What do they mention there? Time of a movie. 156 minutes. Hollywood movie is about uh, one hour, 20 minutes maybe. One hour, 20 minutes, if it's really, really, you know, stretchable those days, 90 minutes, right? That means... You watch a movie, your life is over. That is 80, that is 80 years, guys. Have you seen? No, no, think about it, no? Now I'm midlife. I'm going to take 40 years, okay? That's the mid spectrum. Somebody is reaching towards 40. So I was calculating what is 40 years with the same equations over here, with the same parameters, 40 years is equal to 0.48 hours, that is 28.8 minutes. That is equivalent to one season, one show, one episode of Big Bang Theory. (laughs) Or Friends, or whatever sitcom, or soap opera, or Kabi Sasbi Bahuti, or Ruturagalu. So you sit through a sitcom, 40 years are over. That's amazing. That means time left for me is 28.8 minutes. That is 1,178 seconds. That is life. I got your attention now. You know what? Moses is going to explain it even more. It's... a few more adjectives. Okay, don't lose heart. Okay, some of you veterans don't lose heart. Okay, don't don't, don't lose heart. Because, <laughs> sorry, this is just because I know predominantly many young people over here. So I just wanted to encourage them. No, look at this. Another another. He's going to give so many other adjectives. Okay, to explain the brevity of life. This is what he says. Years are like a watch in the night. Gurka. Subha mein aaya. Parahusha, Parahusha, Bola. Subha Life over. 
okay fine gurka will be keep looking at his watch kab ho jayega bhai when is the light going to come maybe that's going to go slow for him okay fine and then he gives another example he says days are swept away like a flood and i was thinking about that the other day i was traveling with pastor james driving back home from one of the meetings in 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 the city then he showed me the video of the tsunami that happened i remember that that band which was playing music on the beach have you seen that video okay they were going and you know that the drummer goes crash one roll gone that is life that was a parable guys did you know that that was a parable another 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 is like a sleep oh this is interesting sleep in the morning in the night and say subah mein i will get up early in the morning and uh, you would look at your watch it's okay 10 o'clock in the night 2:30 4 3 o'clock i will wake up 4 o'clock i'll wake up and you sleep 6:30 get up in the morning hurry so quickly i was knocked out life over grass growing up in the morning gone by evening that is life and he says we finish our years like a everybody say <sighs> life over finished that is life my dear brothers and sisters young boys young girls that is life had i known this before boy how different life would have been for me blessed are your ears which is hearing now and your eyes which are seeing now for i long to see it <laughs> i couldn't so what is your focus therefore is your focus on the <laughs> or is your focus on Then you know what he says? You know, Psalmist says, this is what he says. Psalm 90 verse 12. So teach us Lord. What? That's exactly what I did. Calculated. I taught you how you can number your days. Teach us Lord to number our days so that I can apply and gain a heart of wisdom. Some young people are looking at me and say, Hey, I'm just a child. मन का सच्चा हो क्या बात है यू डोंट इवन नो यू नो समटाइम्स आई जस्ट वॉक थ्रू माय कॉलेज इन उस्मान यूनिवर्सिटी समटाइम्स यू ड्राइव थ्रू उस्मान यूनिवर्सिटी राइट आई लुक एट दैट एग्जामिनेशन सेंटर अरे यस्टरडे ओनली आई केम देयर रे ओवर टू डेकेड्स ओवर 18 इयर्स सिंस आई फिनिश्ड माय बीटेक क्लोज टू जस्ट लाइक यस्टरडे Three years since I've finished my university. Why? Do you know your days? You know these are all parables in our life. Don't ever take life for granted. That is the reason why when Pastor was saying, "Look, take a close look at all of us," I said, "Yeah, all alive, all of us alive. We never know when it's just going to snuff out." That is the reason why James says, "Don't plan today. Tomorrow we'll go there. Today after." Ah, 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 ah. Today, 
Everything else comes from the evil one. Teach. Ask God. Teach and ask God to help us to number our days. So that we can wisely use our time. Otherwise, I'm telling you honestly, you will cry over wasted opportunities. You will cry. You will cry and weep over wasted opportunities in life. You know why? See, honestly, I'm telling you, you know, I was addicted to sitcoms. I mean, not sitcoms, movies, you know. I could start in the morning and go on and on and on and on and on and on. You know, somewhat one of the things that I realized, why do I watch a movie? Because I get pleasure out of it, right? Oh, I get some kind of a high. Definitely, I do. That's, that, that's what addictions do. Right? They promise you a high. Right? I, I used to watch movies. And one of the things I used to realize that the more I watch, the less I enjoy it. It's what we call in, 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 uh, in the addiction language, the law of diminishing returns. The more I try to indulge in it, the less I enjoy it. So in order to get the same high, I have to gobble up so much of the movie so that I can enjoy it. To get the same high, but never. You know, in the process, what, have, what has happened? Seconds are gone. You know, there was a movie sometime back, and I don't forget the name of the movie. You know, they used to have a mark. In that movie, you know, every guy had a mark on his, on his, on his, uh, on his uh, wrist. And you know, in the mark, it was not a 666. It was the amount of time left for him to die. Yeah. And all the laborers, after they finished their work, they would go to the employee, and you know what the employee used to give him? Some more time to live. And if he's out of job, gone. I, don't, I, don't, I forgot the name of the movie. You just don't have to say, thank God I forgot. No, otherwise you guys will go and see that and, and write a script. <laughs> I have to be very careful of all the script writers over here. I can see one. <laughs> so, Teach us to number our days, Lord. So what, what, what is my eyes focused on? Temporal or the eternal? John's, John's Gospel chapter 9 verse, look at Jesus, right? John's Gospel chapter 9 verse 4. I, we, some translations, must work the works of him who sent me while it is what? Ah, day. And the night is coming when no man can work. Twelve hours, that's it. Can you imagine when, when uh, John the Apostle is writing, little children, this is the what hour? 2,000 years ago, it was the last hour. Now tell me, what is the hour now? Definitely lesser, for sure. If it is 60 minutes, then it's possibly 60 seconds now. I don't know. That is a very conservative estimate. Then he says, so focus. Focus on the work of God. Then, again it says in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 2, as a result, they do not live, that is we, do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God, for you have spent sufficient time, Baba, in past doing what the pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. See that? Peter says, how old are you, sister? 14 years old, you have spent sufficient time, Baba. All the sins that you wanted to and wanted to finish enjoying in your life, you have done it. Rest of the life, 
First of all, accomplish the will of God. But do you know what the will of God is for your life? If I were to ask you, what is the will of God for your life? What will you say? People don't even know what the will of God is for their life. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise. Making best use of the time because the days are evil. First Peter chapter 1 verse 24 and 25. Because all flesh is as grass. All the glory of man is as the flower of the grass. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which was, which by the gospel that was preached to you. You know what the gospel essentially does? It shows you what your life is and says, boss, it's grass. Gaddi. Naruni ayu? Gaddi valenundunu? Adavai puvu puyuna tu vadu puyunu? Dhani meeda gali vichaga adi leka ponu. Ah, chotu dhani meeda adi erugadu. That is Telugu. My dad is very happy. Finally, my son has come home. <laughs> you see that? You see? That is grass, flower of the field. It's gone. My goodness, I see young people over here. I wish I knew this when I was your age. All stupid things I would have avoided in my life. I would have avoided stupid relationships, first of all. Because all of us want, I'm in a relationship. Status, Facebook, single, ready to mingle, whatever. Huh? See, it's gone. That lady is going to take your life, Baba. Boy, whoever it is. Instead of doing, and I remember George when he was praying. George, you know George, Pastor James's nephew, was praying. You know what? You know what he said in his, in his prayer, Lord, give me a wife who will be a partner with me in my ministry, not a burden for me to carry. I said, Baba, I wish I could say that when you were when I was your age. <laughs> you see, I love that. Get your perspectives right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's gone. So. 1 John chapter 2 verse 17, the world is passing away along with all its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. That is my introduction for today's message. Kevalam upodghatam matrame. My dad will be happy again. So what I said, I titled today's message, getting ready for a relentless pursuit for Grace Tabernacle Church, Hyderabad. 30th December. Title of today's movie. I'm going to look at a very familiar passage, okay? Very familiar passage. Many of you must have been knowing it. How many of you were in, uh, in, in Grace Tabernacle in the year 2009? Can, can I see 2009? Niners over here? 2009 ers batch? 2009 batch? Okay, Pastor James, of course. I mean, Pastor James, is, uh, you are the prof. You are the founding. You know, you know, you know. You know it's, 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 uh, remember uh, Sermon on the Mount? Okay, it says Jesus sat down to. Uh, that is what we call chair professor. I'm not kidding. 
chair professor meaning he is the one who sits down and he decides the curriculum for the department. That is what Pastor James says. He is the chair. So, he decided the curriculum. No? 2009ers, so very few. Okay, very, very few. So, this is not just a reputation of what he, what we were, were taught, but I want to look at it in this context. This is something which I try to internalize in my own life. Over several years, failed, tried to learn lessons and try to refocus and stuff. But this is something which I want to look at. How do we pursue God? In other words, how do we position ourselves spiritually? We need a kind of a disposition, if you will. A disposition wherein we will be ready for God to work in our lives, to accomplish his work in our lives. So how do we do that? What are the spiritual stops and pitfalls that we have to look at and be careful so that we don't get distracted but press on towards that goal. Okay. Obviously, right? We already know how many years we lived. How many of you know how many years you're going to live? Nobody. See? Therefore, I want to make as few mistakes as possible. Don't become like Ram Gopal Verma. He said, Naishtam. He wrote a book. I mean, he wrote a book called Naishtam. And the, 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 the interviewer was asking, Sir, uh, what uh, lessons did you learn from the mistakes that you made in that movie? <laughs> mistakes. I don't make mistakes. But sir, if you learn from your mistakes, you will not repeat them. Huh. I will make new mistakes. That is Naishtam. So one man of God went into the bookstore and he, book, he found this book by Ram Gopalavarma and he said, he went through it, went through it and he said, Naishtam it back and he was going out of the out of the shop and the guy who was the salesman he said sir sir very nice book sir why don't you buy it you know what the man of God said my ishtam <laughs> my wish <laughs> okay that is what men of God do so let us look at life we want to make as few mistakes as possible in 2019 Huh? Don't repeat. Make few mistakes. That is the reason why we look at examples from the Bible because all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and especially typologies in the old covenant are given as examples for us so that through them we will learn and through them we will have hope. And through them we will become wise unto salvation. You got that? So this is the whole idea of today's uh, sermon or message and I want to look at one passage familiar with all of us from 2nd Kings chapter 2 unique passage in scripture 2nd Kings chapter 2 and verse 1 onwards I'm going to read a few verses and then I'm going to expose it even as I move ahead through the message when the Lord <clears throat> this is chapter 2 verse 1 onwards when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal notice that now this is interesting I want to Give the context of what's going on over here. No, you think about it. No, this is this is several kings have come and gone. Ahab died just in the previous ending of First Kings chapter twenty-two. Ahab dies with that arrow, and uh, Ahab's son becomes the king, and he is very upset with uh, with uh, El- 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 Elijah, and he asks people to get him fire, fire, fire. 
Okay, you know that story, right? Okay, I'm not going to go into the details of that story. So you have Elijah and Elisha, but the thing is very interesting. Where are Elijah and Elisha prophets? They are prophets in the northern kingdom is Israel and not in the southern kingdom Judah. Okay. Second thing, they are prophets at a place where Jeroboam had made two idols, one at Bethel and one at Dan, stopping people from going to worship God at where? Jerusalem. Okay. So, if you look at Israel, I mean, if you look at, if you, I, I, I believe it's easier to be a prophet in, in Judah than to be a prophet in Israel. So, you had only one Elijah, that's what he thought. Lord, I'm the only one. And you had 7,000 others who were hiding. Okay, they were, they were prophets, but they were not bold enough to, to, to be witnesses. And you had one Elijah, and he was hunted. And in that hunting scenario where everything, if you look at physically from the, from your, from your, from your natural point of view, it is opposing spiritual growth. Okay? You should not be successful in your spiritual walk. But that is where you will find one Elijah and one Elisha. Elijah means what? Eli, Yah. Yahweh is my God. Elisha means what? Elisha. God is my salvation. Names given. So these two guys are a prototype, if you will, of people who have successfully endeavored in the midst of spiritual apostasy as well as persecution. Okay, so the church is completely gone, crazy, and there is also opposition. For the gospel. For the authentic message. And they have survived and succeeded. And how and what are the lessons that we should learn from them. So that we can also learn, live and learn <coughs> in that environment. When things become bad. Because Pastor was talking about He says, you know, hmm, 2019 is going to be tougher. Okay. So, this started from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here and the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord had sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Sorry. Jericho, the company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on, 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left. And the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Uh, Elisha replied, crossed over. Uh, You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. 
As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw and cried out, my father, my father, the chariots of uh, chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment, tore it into two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him, went back and stood on the bank of Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elisha, Elijah, struck the water with now the uh, uh, with it. Where now is the Lord God of Elijah? He said. When he struck the water, it divided. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, "The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha." So there are five stages. We heard it long time back, but this is my learning of it. There are five stages in your life. I am after God. I'll tell you something. What do I need in order to succeed in my life? I need anointing. It says, the anointing that you have received will teach you all things. It will tell you whether to. That is guidance. You see, if you don't want to waste time using your own GPRS, Rely upon God's GPRS. And in order for to for you to rely on God's GPRS, what we call as anointing, we need that anointing. And you know what he's asking? He says, Lord, Master, I want the double portion of your spirit. Double portion of your anointing, meaning what? I want, if I have, let's say, Abigail and Emmanuel in my family, and if I have, let's say, one lakh rupees, you know how I'm going to divide the property? Abigail is going to get six... Actually, twice. Yeah, 66%. Thank God. My goodness. That's two by third. Yeah, absolutely. Genius, I say. Your, your daughters have got your brains, for sure. So, two-thirds goes to Abigail. One-third goes to Emmanuel. Telling the, the firstborn, you get a double portion because you have to take care of the others. Okay, that's the idea. Here, okay. So, Elijah saying, double portion of your spirit. And he says, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Now think about it, no? Guy is following him for 18 years now. What else should he do? He washed this, he washed the hands of this guy, served him one cranky prophet, took all the things that he gave him, shut his mouth, served him with his whole heart. He's not going to let go of him. Okay? He's not going to let go of him. From Gilgal to Bethel to Jordan, sorry, to Jericho to Jordan on the other side. And ultimately, you know, Elijah says, very difficult. Very difficult? You know, something very interesting, right? Unless the Lord opens, all your work is useless. You know, in Second Timothy chapter 2, Paul says, tells Timothy, Think on those things which I have taught you. The Lord will give you understanding. So my job therefore is to think on the things that God has taught me. Ultimately the revelation comes from God. Therefore I should never stop thinking. Okay, so the five stages begins at Gilgal. Then goes to Bethel. Then goes to Jericho, then goes to Jordan East, like Sekandrabad Station East, 
Then goes to Jordan West. Five spiritual stages. In East and West, you can change those dynamics. I'm not sure how the map is, but this is roughly. Five stages. Where do you begin? You start from Gilgal. Where do you move, proceed towards? Bethel. Then to Jericho, then to Jordan, then to Jordan East and then to Jordan West. These are spiritual. They have significant spiritual significance. That is not <coughs> positional, they're spiritual. And what is the spiritual significance of all these places in the light of what we have learned through the year? That is what I want to look at. The first begin at Gilgal. What is Gilgal? Gilgal means roll away. Say roll away. Roll away. What should roll away? John's gospel, Joshua chapter 5, not John's gospel, Joshua chapter 5, verse 7 onwards. Then Joshua circumcised their sons. This is the, 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 the new generation which is entering into the promised land after they crossed the river Jordan. They have not been circumcised. They were born in the wilderness and their fathers and parents who came out of, the, out of Egypt, they were circumcised, but they never circumcised their children. And Joshua circumcised the sons whom he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day, what did I do? I have (coughs) rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. So what does it mean? What is rolling away of reproach mean? First of all, what, what is, how is it, how is the reproach taken, uh, being rolled away? Through circumcision. What is reproach? Reproach means shame. Reproach means taunts. Reproach means all the things that people call you because you are a believer. Reproaches, the shame and the taunts of the world is rolled away. You see, one of the things that I have seen over and over and over in my life, what cripples most believers is a strong spirit of condemnation. Strong. Everybody has forgiven them. They themselves are, I can't forgive myself. Strong spirit of condemnation. I've seen that even in my own life. Strong spirit of condemnation cripples them. They can't move forward with God because they have there's a shame too much. And the first thing God says, if you don't want to waste time in your life, is no one thing. You don't have to have any feelings of condemnation. Come to God, open up to Him, and say, This is what I am, Lord. You know what is going to happen? The shame is going to be rolled away from your life. Five husbands living with the sixth woman, sixth person. You know what he says? This is what you are. What happens to that woman? She runs. Shame is gone. The taunts are gone. The voice of condemnation is gone. The voice of guilt is gone. Removal of condemnation. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore, what? Now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Why? Why should there be no condemnation? Why should there be any no reproach over your life? Why should that be possible to you? Why? How this blessing is being afforded to us in our lives? Psalm 69 verses 7 and 9. Because of yours, for your sake, I have borne reproach. Who is this? Who is that I? Jesus. 
Shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. And then what happens? And he goes on to say, what is that? Reproach has been taken away because Jesus died for your sin, my dear brothers and sisters. That is the reason which says, if you (coughs) confess your sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And let me tell you something. If you want to move fast with God in the next year, ask God, Lord, grant me the gift of repentance. Convict me. Let me come to you, Lord. Let me open up my life and Lord, take away the shame. Take away the guilt and you will experience that. You'll experience that. First thing, guilt is gone. Second thing, what is it? It's a mark of separation. Your identity is now hidden in God. Taunts and insults of this world do not matter at all. And all the decisions, I'll tell you what, circumcision means what? It's a mark of separation. So, if I'm truly circumcised, I'm different from the people in the world. Now, the decisions I'm going to make, you know what's going to happen? People are going to look at me and say, you know what? Foolish decision, man. I remember a couple of sisters came to our church a few, few weeks back. They were studying for civil services. Okay. And I looked at them, no? Whenever as people were a little muggu and studious, I asked them, what did you do before? One sister said, I was working for Accenture. Three months I worked, I quit. I'm studying for civil services. I said, Baba, kya baat hai? I asked the other sister, other sister, uh, what about you? After I finished my B.Tech, I didn't want to work in a software company at all. I wanted to go directly to civil services. Your decision? That means now you became, a, you were an engineer. What are you going to study for civils? What are the subjects you want to study? Anthropology. Anthropology. Okay, whatever, no? For your civil. But you know what people will say? Kya baat hai? What a decision. Super decision. You know, there was one guy who on YouTube, no, he's a IIT Kharagpur uh, MSE five-year integrated course graduate. His name is Biswapati Sarkar. He was an MSE statistics guy from IIT Kharagpur. He went to his parents and he said, you know what? I'm quitting engineering. I'm getting into entertainment. Parents were a little apprehensive. Now they're saying, what a decision. And I was thinking about it. I said, that's interesting. I quit PhD, I finished PhD, I finished everything. I quit my job and I'm going to serve the ministry. And you know what people call me? Fool. What do you have to show for yourself? There's a typical Amitabh Bachchan, Sashi Kapoor scene. Mere paas gaadi hai, mangla hai, bank balance hai. Tere paas kya hai? Now think about it, no? What will people say? I have Jesus. What will people call you? What will they call you? They will taunt you. They will taunt you. You know what God is selling? At Gilgal. Taunts of this world are silenced. Don't try to argue with them and say, convince them about the logic of following God. Don't waste your time. They will not understand. Don't waste your time arguing and saying, let us do apologetics now. 
especially with your home, with your household. I know one of my close relatives. Indra, why are you now? Taxpayers' money. He paid tax to send me. That's what his feeling is. I, I'm, I'm telling you honestly, honestly, you know, sometimes unbelievers put, this is my own uncle from my Christian side of the family. Hmm. You know, I, I remember when I was uh, in university after finished, I graduated and I uh, finished and I was, I resigned and I came out. One of my colleagues came back, okay. He, I mean, colleagues meaning, uh, I just was acquaintances. He used to work in a neighboring lab and he looked at me and he said, Vijay, finished, right? I said, yeah, finished. What are you doing now? Uh, I'm a pastor. Pastor? He looked at me and he said, why did you not give your seat, Baba, to other person? And he, and he, and you know what he said? But he was an unbeliever. He said, he made a very interesting statement after that. He said, that, I'll never forget that. You know what he said? Only you Christians are so committed to your God. That taunt. Yours, you Christians, and somebody, I think James, he said, you Christians and those, that, those people, those are the only people I've seen committed like this, leaving everything and following your God. I don't know what is. What is this? You see that? Reproach the taunts of this world. Don't try, don't waste your time arguing with them. That is Gilgal. The reproach has been taken. You know what? Because there will be always be the uncircumcised. Be it spiritual, I mean, there will be physically uncircumcised fellows. And there will also be Christians who are uncircumcised. Both will taunt you. Don't waste time. Look at what, what it says in First Samuel chapter 17 verses 8 to 9. Then he stood and cried, who is this fellow? Goliath. Okay. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. Otherwise you will be my servants. And the Philistines said, this is Goliath. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that I may fight. Staunts. And when David comes, you know what he says? Look at what he says. Taunting. Taunting. Look at what he says. I mean, of course, David has, he has a fantastic attitude. He says, David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's taunting me. He's reproaching me. Who is this fellow? You know what he says? Philistine is very, very upset. Philistine said, am I a dog? That you come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. That is the taunts of this world. They'll call you a fool. But if you're truly uncircumcised in your heart, even your brothers will say, you're proud. That's what they told Jesus. If you are really this man who wants to know, who wants to, wants your show, wants to show yourself, go and show yourself publicly to others. The world cannot hate you, Jesus said. But they will hate me. See that. Okay. That is Gilgal. Get out of Gilgal, guys. Don't waste time arguing as to why I'm explaining your call to people. Get out. They will see your life, especially to your people whom, whom they know you from childhood. No. They know you very well. You become holy, holy, holy. Remember those days? You know, you're trying to tell me. That's what they will say. Stay away. Don't try to argue. Let your life speak. You know what will happen? Over a period of time, they will only know. Don't waste time. You know why? 
These are reproaches at Gilgal. Don't be stuck at Gilgal. Don't even, so, so many people don't even start from Gilgal. They are stuck there because of condemnation and because mommy, papa said, don't follow. Hmm. That is the reason why Matthew chapter 10 verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough <coughs> for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant to be like his master. If they have called the master of the house bills above, how much more? How much more, much more, much more? We say, no, grace is much more, grace is much more. If they called me, Beelzebub, much more, they will call you also. Be ready for the taunts of this world. Let them fall on deaf ears. Move on with God. Okay, begin at Gilgal. Get rid of the reproaches. Get rid of the condemnation. Don't waste time. Move on and press on. And the next pit stop is Bethel. Now, where is Bethel? What is Bethel? What about Bethel? So many things to be taught about Bethel, but I'm just going to be brief. Genesis 28, verse 16. Easy to remember. Two times eight? Yeah, 28, 16. Okay? Easy to remember. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is not other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Very old message, 2009. You can go and listen to that message, gates, but gateways. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but I'm going to talk about some things which I have learned. Of course, Genesis chapter 28. Why did he call that place Bethel? Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and it stopped reached to the heaven. And what? That the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And look at that phrase. Angels of God ascending and descending on it. And if you have been in church for quite some time now, where should you go? Huh. Students of the world. You go to New Testament, for sure. And look at John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 51. And he said to him, who said him? Nathaniel. Most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending upon the... So what is the gate of heaven? Wherever you have the Son of Man, that is the gateway to heaven. Okay, That means... If you are born again, and if you have Jesus in your heart, you are the gate of the gateway of heaven. That is the reason why Samuel says, "Lift up ye gates and be lifted up ye everlasting doors, for the King of Glory is coming." What does that mean? What is the significance of this? Very important for me. First, corporately. How do I treat the assembly of God's people? Look at what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is Bethel, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. That means we as a church are the gateway to 
That means if I want to have a revelation of God, I should value the assembly of God's people. Value the assembly of God's people. You know, it is very close to my heart. Some of you know, you have been given, uh, you possibly have been given this fellowship very easily. I did not have a fellowship when I was in another country. For 365 days, I did not go to church. Never had anybody to talk to. It's backslidden so bad. Gone from bad to worse. You know why? Because I never had a brother or a sister who could come alongside and encourage me. But you know what? After I found this church, you know that song? Oh, what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Oh, what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Oh, what a sight just to see those happy faces praising God in heavenly places. Oh, what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. You know what? (coughs) For me, church is everything. I was telling pastor the other day. I said, when I was growing up, for us, Christmas was a huge panduga. It was an eating marathon. Marathon eating, Baba. And it starts with gare in the morning. With chicken curry. And perugu gare. You should see how we feasted. We were going from house to house like Job's children and feasting. And I told pastor, you know, pastor, now for me, pastor, church, for my children, they don't even know that side of Christmas. You know what pastor said, Vijay? Keep it like that. You know why? Christmas is the best of times and the worst of times. People were having a gala time. Best of times, that's what they thought. But they did not have place for him in the inn. That's the worst of times. Think about that. You don't have place for the son of God. You don't have place for God. It's all eating, drinking. It is Christmas. In Andhra. You know what I'm talking about, right? In Telangana too. That is how we wasted money. Now it's different. You know what? Now I just can't imagine. Like we had like five days of fasting. Boy, pastor was saying, I can second that. The best fasting and prayer that we ever had in our entire lives as a church, in the history of our church. It's amazing. And not even a single day I missed. I, was, I said, boy, this is priority. Because typically what we do is because we have our anniversary on the last week of every year, of, of the year. You know what we do? We just take off. But this year, we planned the whole thing later. Because this is important, guys. House of God is important. Why is this important? I'll tell you why. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 to 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up for love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, (coughs) as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more, as you see the word approaching, the day approaching. Time is so precious. There is no time you can waste. Prioritize Bethel in your life. Prioritize Bethel in your life. Prioritize. I don't care what your profession is, boss. Put God first. 
You could be an IT employee or a IT unemployed on the bench, that is. See, doesn't matter what you are, but prioritize the church. Prioritize him. Because you know why? In the church, you have a spiritual transaction that is taking place. You know what that spiritual transaction is? It is a preaching of the word of God. It is a sanctification of the bride of Christ. It's a spiritual transaction that is taking place. And don't ever miss it in your life. Prioritize church. And I'm so sad that so many people take, don't value church, even in my own household. Which service did you go? Uh... I woke up very late. I'm going for evening service. Thank God we don't have that such privileges in our church. Honestly, honestly, I'm telling you, this is gold, guys. So important. Corporate assembling of saints. And I've, you know, there are no islands in Christianity. There are no islands. There are no loose electrons. You're gone otherwise. You'll be wandering all the days of your life. You will never find your purpose. You know why? Because God accomplishes his purpose through the church. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, the principalities and the powers are knowing the wisdom of God through the what? Through the church. Through the church. You know what a privilege it is? And you know how casual people are about meetings? Do you come with that expectancy? Boy, I come with that expectancy. Sometimes it's routine. I have to go. Even if I don't feel like going, I go. Because so many things in life you don't enjoy. Right? I mean, I didn't really enjoy some of the things that I was taught when I was a kid. But now, thank God. How do you prioritize church? Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I have desired, I will dwell where? In the house of the Lord to behold the beauty of the Lord and and to inquire in his temple. That is first thing. First lesson, prioritize the house of the Lord. And the second lesson, prioritize your own house. Which is you. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? God's. Otherwise, if you don't prioritize this, if body is not for the Lord, Lord is not for the body. The Lord is not for the body. Matthew chapter 6. Sorry. Uh, Matthew chapter 18 verses 19 to 20. And again I say to you, if Two or, or two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. It will be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are there together, I am there. You see that again? Another place. Uh, Matthew chapter, it's actually chapter 12 where it talks about the unclean spirits. I didn't show you here. Matthew chapter 12. Remember that? When the unclean spirit is gone, it comes back to its house. Guarding your deliverance. Prioritize Bethel in your life. Prioritize Bethel. Close all the doors. Your gates. Your eye gate. Your ear gate. What you speak gate. Close the doors. And for children who are struggling with pornography, chuck your mobile phones. 
throw it away. It's not worth it. Put a premium on your salvation. You know why it says? It is better to enter into life with one hand and one eye. Put a premium. This is God's house. I'm going to prioritize that. Nothing is more important than this. Otherwise you will be stuck. You will not be able to move. It's like same old, same old. Confessing, repenting. Confessing, repenting. Confessing, repenting. Confessing, repenting. Not moving forward at all. Okay. That is better. Let's move to the next one. Why is this important? I, I'll tell you why. I just wanted to show this one verse before I go to the next point in, in the context of Elisha. It says in First Kings chapter 12. Therefore the king asked advice. Who is this? Jeroboam made two calves of gold and said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought up from, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. And he set up one in Bethel and the other in Dan. Now is this thing, and now this thing became a sin for the people who, uh, who went to worship before the one in Dan and also the one in Bethel. You know what is happening over here? Let me tell you something. It's like this, no? Why do you want to go to church so far? Worship here. So far. Worship here. That is how people speak. Yesterday, pastor was talking about it, right? Talk about that couple from UK. You know what, is, what they did? They relocated closer to the church and they traveled to their work. You know, when I was growing up, I can tell, 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 tell those examples from my own life. My mother and father are here. You know what my parents did? Once my dad was posted into, Sek- into Sekandrabad, he refused to take a promotion. Not that we will grow spiritually, but you know what he said? The, s- the school will be very far from my children. The education will be spoiled. And if I transfer from one place to the other, I might get an increase in my salary, but my children's life? You see? Now think about it. How many of you put a premium on church like that? I would rather be close to God's people and be far away from work rather than be close to work and far away from God's people. What is your choice? What is your choice? Otherwise, you know, church is convenience. If it is church's convenience, Bethel is a place where the altar of Abraham is there. If there is no sacrifice, there is no worship. There is no worship. That is not Bethel because it's close to your house and it is convenient. Okay, let's move on. Next place is Jericho. What is Jericho? Now Jericho was, this is Joshua chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. Jericho. Years back, their fathers, they saw Jericho. You know what they said? We can't get in. Now, next generation comes. They look at Jericho. God says, I have already given Jericho into your hands. What are you supposed to do? We know that, right? Six times, six days, once. In a particular order. Seventh day, seventh time, and then blow the trumpet and Shout. 
And what will happen? Walls will come down. What is that called? Faith. Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Jericho talks about if I want to move ahead with God, I cannot argue with my reasoning. I cannot look at it with my reasoning. It might look huge. It, I have to possibly have. You know, there was a very interesting uh, uh, example that one man of God said. In, uh, in Hinduism, they say, God came for Dushta Sikshana. Dushta Sikshana, Sishta Rakshana. Meaning, God came to punish the sinner. And to save the righteous. And one man of God said, what a stupid argument that is. If I want to punish a sinner, kill him, God does need not have to come down. I only need an Albert Einstein. He will make a nuclear bomb. And if you have an entire country which has turned wicked, throw one nuclear bomb, that is gone. So God doesn't have to come down to do dushta Sikshana. God doesn't have to come down. But God definitely has to come down if he has to rakshana the dushta. If he has to give salvation to the sinner. See, our reasoning, God's reasoning are completely antithesis to one another. Don't zone out. Concentrate. Completely antithesis. And you know what Jericho stands for? Huge thing, Lord. How do I get rid of it? Huge thing. What it says? By faith. The walls of Jericho. Now think about it, no? Faith, walls of Jericho fell. Will it fall for, fall, fall for me? Will it also fall for me? Will it fall for me also? Well, <coughs> what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled seven days. Stupid in the sight of man wise in the sight of God. Do you believe this will happen for you? Will it only happen for the children of Israel? Or will it happen for you? Do you have that faith? Do you really have that faith? Do you really have that faith? You know, in 1859, there was a guy, a French guy, a crazy guy, French guy, very, very crazy guy. He wanted to do a tightrope walk on the Niagara. You know, tightrope walk on the Niagara. So he, about, uh, I think three-fourth mile, three-fourth mile, almost a kilometer, stretch on the tightrope. So this guy started walking on the tightrope from one end to the other. If he falls down, he's going to die. Okay, 1859. He was walking. First time he walked, people are shocked and they started cheering for him. Fantastic. He asked them, do you believe I can do it again? They said, yeah, absolutely. She so said, I'm going to show you another thing. So he walked took a stove in the middle of the Niagara, right on the top of the, uh, of the, of the tightrope, he made an omelet and he ate the omelet and he came on to the other side. Everybody started clapping. Oh, fantastic. He said, do you believe I can do this? He said, yeah, absolutely we can believe. The next time he said, okay, I'm going to take a bicycle. He took a bicycle, started going on the tightrope. In the middle of the tightrope, he did a somersault. And went on to the other side. Everybody started clapping. Fantastic! We believe that you can cross the Niagara. You believe? He said, yeah. Will you accompany me now? 
And uh, everybody said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't know. You believe? And you know what happens? In that crowd, one small boy comes out. He says, I believe you can do it. He says, yeah, you believe? He said, yeah, absolutely. Put me on your shoulder. He puts him on the shoulder, walks the tightrope, comes onto the other side and everybody starts clapping and he says, you know what? You all did not believe. This boy believed. You know why he believed? Because he's my son. Are you God's children? And that's what pastor was talking about, right? Provision. Dad, will you provide for me? Abigail, Abigail, come. Daddy. Pancake, daddy. Early morning breakfast. What a... If you look at that side, what will you say about me? What will you say? You'll say, what an evil father, yeah? This is what he does to his children. I mean, this is exactly what we do with God. Daddy, daddy. Abba, father, please, one job. One wife. Unbelievable. Can he believe that he will do for you? Can you believe that this year God will do miracles for you? Do you believe? Or is he only the God of Pastor James? You know, pastor was talking about this during the fasting prayer. He said, only one man. I'm looking only for one man. And I'm looking at myself and I said, Lord, he's excluding me also. Come on now, Lord. (laughs) He said, one man, Lord, at least he should say one plus one. No. He's not saying that. I told Justin, I said, what is this pastor? Why does he put everybody in the same bracket? Possibly. Because pastor's God is not my God. I don't know. I don't know. We did it for past. Will you do it? Do I have faith? That is Jericho. Jericho. Otherwise you'll be stuck. For years. 40, 38. Keep on moving and moving and moving. And one day, gone. Died in the wilderness. And you know what, George? This is what we call as Casting down arguments. Casting down what? Arguments. I'll show you that verse before I come here. It says in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 to 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments. You know, it's a very interesting word in Telugu. Vitarkamu. Tarkamu. Vitarkamu. That is argument. Argument. Casting down. This cannot be possible. This cannot be. I'm too bad. I'm too sinful. Nothing can happen for me. Nothing can happen for you. 2019-2020, till the time you die, nothing will happen for you. That is Jericho, saints. Cast down every argument. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, say, Lord, speak to me. Let your word become living now in my life. In my life. In my life. I believe, therefore, 
What do I do? I speak. I don't care what my circumstances speak about me. You know what? God is not looking for ability. He is looking for availability. How many of you are available for God? And say, Lord, silver and gold have none, but such as I have, give I you. That's all I can give. And you'll see breakthroughs in your life. It might take some time, my dear brothers and sisters. In those times and those periods of time and testing, don't rebuild those arguments again. Don't rebuild Jericho is in your life again. Because it's not happening. That's what exactly what happened to Abraham. He rebuilt another argument called Hagar. Hagar is another argument. It's not happening, God. Don't rebuild arguments. Joshua chapter 6 verse 26. Joshua charged them at that time. <coughs> Who is that Joshua? That is Yehoshua. That is Yeshua. Charged them at that time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who raises up and builds this city Jericho. These arguments again. He shall lay its foundation with its firstborn and with its youngest he shall pull down its gates. You know something? You don't follow God, your generations will suffer. This is tremendously ironic. You'll see what happens in this is a prophecy which kind of gets fulfilled in uh, Israel's life, uh, in, in Israel's history. In First Kings chapter 16 verses 33 to 34. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. In his days, Hail. You know what Hail means? The living God. My God is living. Of Bethel. Notice that saints. Hail of Bethel built Jericho. He laid its foundation with Abiram his firstborn. And with its youngest son, Segub, he set up its gates. Two of his sons died. You know what does the name Abiram mean? My father is exalted. And you know what Segub means? Exalted. Opinion? Exalted. And he exalted his opinion. He built up Jericho in his life. He paid with the lives of his children. According to the word of God, which he had spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. You know what faith is? Taking God at his word. He will provide for me. He will provide for me. He will take care of me. He will not let go of me as long as I am with him. Don't build Jericho in your life again. Don't rebuild it. That is the reason why it says, casting down every argument. Cast it down. Cast it down. And you know, Paul beautifully explains this in Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. What is, look at what he says. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a what? A transgressor. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life which I now live, I live by what? Faith. I live by faith. I don't live anymore. And the Christ in me can accomplish everything that God wants me to accomplish. I live by faith. Don't rebuild Jericho and waste your time. Move on. Press on. Then what happens? See, let me tell you something. If you, if there is a delay in God's answer, it does not mean that you're not growing. 
Don't ever think that you're, that you're not growing. God is working something deep down inside of your life, in, inside of your lives. You know something? How many years did Elisha follow Elijah? Theologian says for 18 years. Imagine he started it when he was 30. 18 years, 48 years, 50 years, according to government, another eight, eight years he has to retire. But that is, that is the time when his ministry begins. But do you think that he's being wasting, he's wasting all his, all his life? No. Something is happening inside. Once he has said tata to his old life, tata to his old life. A man who puts his hands on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. Don't rebuild. Don't rebuild Jericho. And waste your time. Let's move on. Oh, this is Jordan East. Next time you go through the metro, Secunderabad East, you will remember Jordan East. Numbers chapter 32, verses 1 onwards. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of livestock. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that, that indeed the region was a place for livestock, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke to Moses, to Eleazar the priests, and to the leaders of the congregation saying, Beautiful pasture. So much of livestock. This is also conquered territory. Very good, 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 good. Good is always the enemy of the better or the best. That is Jordan East. Good is the enemy of the perfect. Good is the enemy of the perfect. Okay. Iloka mariyadanu anusarimpaka. Anukulamunu. Okay. Paripurna maina devani chittam. Ettido parikshinchi teliskunu natlu. Mi manasunu nutana parachi. Rupantarma pondudi. There is a good, there is an acceptable, there is a perfect will of God. Don't get stuck at the good. Don't get stuck at the acceptable. Move towards the perfect. And the good is always the enemy of the perfect. It looks so good. It looks so beautiful. All our needs are being met over here. Let us enjoy life. Let us, quote unquote, settle down. No, it's a very, very interesting word, no, settle down. You know, it's such a lie. When I was growing up, my parents told me, 10th class, I put you are a free bird. Vijay, 10th class over, you are a free bird. Oh, work hard. You are a free bird. Fine. Worked hard. Got my percentage. No more freedom. Get engineering seat. Free bird. That's what many people thought. They got engineering seat. And they thought they were free. And they never came out of engineering. No, I know. I know from my own life. No? One guy, IIT Kanpur, computer science department, IIT JE 50 rank. All India. That was his hava. Air India, all India rank, AIR, okay, Hava. Okay, that's a ragging question. Tera Hava kya hai, bata. Okay, what is your air? Hmm? 50th rank, computer science, brilliant. That's what you'll think, right? Brilliant job, Baba. Eight years for BTEC. Four year program. Eight years. Finally, the professor said, Are Baba, it's <laughs> called Paskar ke bichade re bhai. 
because our IIT Kanpur reputation is at stake. Eight years. I've seen. It's a lie. You're never free. There is nothing called as settling down. Okay, after you finish IIT, this area, you should become IIM. IIT, IIM combination both achareta. It looks very good in your resume. Ah! Or go to partial head damage. I mean, that is PhD. Okay, go abroad. Then you will settle down. And then they will do IIT, they will do IIM, they will get job. They are never settling down. They are working like dogs. You see, what is the settling down, Baba? There is no settling down. Everybody is scared. When he's going to lose his job. What is that settling down? That is settling down. There is nothing called settling down. That is a lie. That is a bait of the enemy. You will never settle down in life. From experience I am telling you. My mother said, PhD, settle down. Settle down. No settling down. It is a lie. What is taking away from your life? It is taking away the best from your life because it's promising you the good. Don't get stuck there. That is Jordan East. Atorod, Daibon, Jezer, Nimra, Heshbon, Elia, Shebam, Nebo, all the degrees that you have. The country which the Lord defeated before the congregation of Israel, I got the seat into these colleges. It's a land of livestock and your servants have livestock. Therefore, they said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servant as? But you know, bro, bro your inheritance is a double portion. It is not there on Jordan East. You have to go there on the other side. Sorry. Double portion is not here. Jordan East. There are 50 sons of the prophets who are at Jordan East, stuck there because they don't want to cross Jordan. They are stuck with their gift. They are stuck with their preaching. They are stuck with their ministry. I am settled in this company, in this uh, Christian organization. Enough. You will never move. I remember, uh, how many of you know Francis Chan? 16 years he served his church. You know, one day, you know what the Lord said? He was getting his regular salary from the church and he was so called settling down. God said, hand over the church to the next guy and move out. Get out. Because this is the good but the best is somewhere else. The gift, this is the good. The best is somewhere else. <laughs> do, not stay, do not take us over Jordan. Don't get stuck at Jordan East, my dear brothers. Identify what the Jordan East is for your life. It could be, if I, if I finally marry this girl, I will settle down. Sorry. I mean, my wife is not there, so I can speak like that. You know, there's a joke, no? There's a joke, it says, uh, in heaven, all the husbands were there. They said, uh, the angel said, whoever never disobeyed the wife, come onto this side. So all the husbands came onto this side, except one fellow. The angels were very surprised. They went and asked, brother, oh, you are one guy who disobeyed your wife. No, no, no. You asked me to come onto the other side, right? I have to ask permission for my wife. 
that is Jordan East. Your wife can be a big stumbling block. Your husband could be a big, big stumbling block. My children are finally settling down here, Lord. Jordan East. God is never, ever, ever going to settle us down on this earth. Because if in this life only we have hope in Christ Jesus, we are miserable of all the people. And let me tell you, so many Christians are miserable because they are stuck in Jordan East. Stuck in Jordan East. Settle down, finally. With a desk job as a pastor. And doing nothing. Having pot bellies. I remember Art Cats telling me something. You know, very powerful. He said, if at all I find a preacher with a pot belly, I will not invite him to my church. I'm like, oh my goodness. That's crazy, man. <laughs> if that is the standard of Art Cats, what will be the standard of Jesus? I remember one man of God, no? uh, his mother, just before he was, she was dying, she called him, she gave him three instructions. You know what she said? Son, you come here. God is using you mightily. I'll tell you three instructions before I die. First instruction, my dear son, it doesn't matter who invites you. Don't ask how many people, how much they give. Just go. If you have a calendar, just go. Second thing, when you are invited, they will give you a lot of food when there is still hunger pangs in your mouth. Stop eating. Because if you have a full belly, you will not have a burden for souls. Third, she said, you will have to wake up early in the morning and sometimes when you wake up, your body will say, another 15 minutes, another 15 minutes. When the body says, another 15 minutes, get up. Get up. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in Jordan East. Get up and go. How many of us take fasting so seriously now? You want that? Are you stuck at Jordan East? So many, even in this church, stuck in Jordan East, settling down without settling down. Hmm. Boss, I want to follow God relentlessly. Matthew chapter 13. Look at the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field which a man found. Again, it's like a pearl, which a man, you know what that word found is? Remember Archimedes? I don't know if you know Archimedes. Archimedes found out the buoyancy principle. He was thinking about the problem, thinking about the problem, thinking about the problem, thinking about the problem. How do I calculate this force? How do I calculate this force? And he stripped completely and he got into the water tub. Bulb jala. And he just ran in the streets of Greece saying, I found it, I found it, I found it. I have it, I have it. Eureka, that's the word here. Greek. I found, I found, I found. I can, this is all nonsense for me. This man is worth it all. I'm going to pursue him. This is worth it all. That is the reason why, you know what, when the disciples, when uh, Andrew comes and sleeps, uh, sleeps at Jesus' place for, for, for one night and then he goes to the next, next day and he tells his brother, we have, what? Found! Finally, the Messiah. Eureka! We have him. We have him. That is the reason why they go on the first day after after the day of Pentecost, they go to the temple to pray. Silver and gold we don't have. We have Eureka. In the name of Jesus, I spend walk. Eureka. Eureka. I know 
I'll, I'll know the, the word Eureka because when I got my breakthrough in my lab, three, three o'clock in the morning, nobody was there. Eureka! Nobody was there. I was the only guy. Eureka. I found him. Did you find him? Did you find him like that? Or are you stuck at Jordan East? Too much God. This is too much of a price to pay for him. Stuck at Jordan East. Philippians chapter 3. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I counted myself. Uh, I count myself not to have apprehended. But one thing I do. Remember this first, day, first Sunday sermon? First 31st night sermon? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead. I'm pressing on. I'm not, conf- I'm not satisfied with the status quo. I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Fifty prophets stay back. One crosses over and goes to where? Jordan West. Oh, then you say, Are, destination arrived, abhi ho jayega usko. Sab kuch mil jayega, sab kuch mil jayega, sab kuch mil jayega. You know, out of the abundance of, ah, abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's read on. Second Kings chapter 2. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided, etc. When they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken from you. Ahab dies, men of God are taken. Got that? Ahab, chachipoyadu. Elijah, ettukupoyadu. Ettukupoyadu. Now he asked for his inheritance. In other words, both Let me inherit a double portion. Ah, I crossed over, no. Both, both come kar diya. I need that, I need that, I need that double portion. Now you might, see, why do you need the anointing? First of all, question number one. Huh? Okay. Why do you need an anointing? I want to do more miracles than you did. I want to preach better than you preached. I want to attract more crowds than you attracted. God will always test your motives. And from out of the mouth, abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Look at what happens now. The test. You have asked a very difficult thing. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, as they were walking along and talking together, Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And this I believe is, you know, he didn't still receive his anointing by the way. He's gone. He doesn't know. He just saw. But you know what? Something poignant, this is possibly one of the most poignant scenes, you know. It's like, I have tears in my eyes when I imagine this. Look at what Elisha says. Elisha saw and cried out. What did he cry out? My father! My father. Forget the anointing. You're going. My father, my father, you were the chariot of Israel. You were its horsemen. You didn't get it. On my birthday, when I was a sister, sister, Patricia, she gave me a gift. 
it was a file which she vowed. It's a woven file. She knitted it. She said, Pastor, this is my gift for you. And on that gift, she wrote something. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord. And I was looking at that. I said, who is the chariot? Who is the horseman? All the fathers who protect their children spiritually, who take the anointing of God to feed them and to take care of them and to guard them from all influences of the devil, use their anointing to protect. They are the chariots of, of, of God and the horsemen of God. They are the people who have protected us. Did you know that? The anointing is given for fathers. People who want to be fathers, who want to be horsemen of God, who want to protect people, not to earn a name for themselves. Want to be a big preacher, big evangelist, televangelist. Make a name. Anointing is not given for them. One can put why? You don't trust in chariots, right? You know why? Because you are the chariot of God. You are its horseman. And God is saying, you know what? You want double portion of anointing? Will you be my burden bearer in the coming year? Do I see burden for lost souls? Do you want to feed your family? Let me tell you something. Fathers over here, all fathers. You know something? You have been given an office to be a charioter. A chariot of fire for your home. For your home. I know it personally in my own life. I know it. Whenever I made a, commit a sin, you know what? I open doors in my home. And there is chaos in home. But whenever I walk with God, there is peace. You know why? Because God has called me to be a father and to be a charity of God. Will you be that? Do you have that burden? Do you have that burden? Or do you want to live for yourself? You know what he says? My father, my father. My father, my father. But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God. Verse 10. Joshua chapter 23. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he has promised you. That is Jordan West, guys. The final destination where your heart is revealed. Why did you follow Elijah? To be a father? To be a burden bearer? To be a chariot for God? God is looking to and fro on the entire earth to see what? To look for? One man who will stand in the gap will be a chariot of fire. Unfortunately, Elijah had an Elisha. Will Elisha have another one? Second Kings chapter 13. Elisha had come and had become sick with illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and he said, what did he say? My father, my father, the chariots of Israel. Look at that. This man has become a father now. He has become a chariot of Israel. I'll tell you something. 
one man who is on knees before God is equivalent to one entire army. Jehoshaphat, what did he have? Guitar, harp, bunch of Levites who can't fight. War one. You know why? Because he was a chariot, because he was a man of God. That is the reason why anointing is given. That is Jordan West, where your heart is revealed. Why did you follow God? To carry his, carry his burden or to just do your own thing? Take the anointing and use it for yourself. Boss, anointing is not given for your self-promotion. And will God will never... Can you imagine? Can God trust you with his anointing? Can he trust you? You know, it says in John's Gospel chapter 2, he says, you know what? Many of the Jews believed in him, but Jesus did not entrust himself to others because he knew what was in their hearts. Until the last moment, he said, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you cannot be my disciple. Too hard a teaching. Many fellows left. And he looked at the twelve. Do you want to also go away? Where do you, where can we go, God? You have the words of life. Did I not choose twelve of you? One is still the son of the devil. One is still there. Following me for the wrong reason. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. The church of the living God is what is called what? The pillar, right? Well, who are the pillars, Baba? <laughs> Galatians chapter 2. And when James, Peter and John, who seem to be? Huh? You know who the pillar is? People who lead you in the way of truth with a burden for you. Those are the pillars. That is the reason why you know what he says? You 12 fellows will become what? 12 pillars in the New Jerusalem. What does 12 pillars mean? You will have one stambam called Peter? No. The entire new creation will be upon these 12 apostles. The teaching of the 12 apostles. The truth that they carried. Don't waste your life, saints. Don't waste your life. Don't get stuck at Gilgal. Value Bethel, the house of God. Tear down every idea and bring it to subjection. Don't be satisfied with the status quo until you get the anointing. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. I will stop with this small illustration, a story which I was reading Chuck Swindle's book. Uh, I don't want to name the, I don't forget, I forget the title. This is man was uh, going on this road and even as he was going on this road, he wanted to take a shortcut. So he takes a shortcut and there on that, even as he goes, there's a, there's a, there's a sign which says, don't take this road. It's completely desert. But this guy doesn't take heat and he goes on that road and it's desert, kilometers, miles and thirsty. And finally, he's so exhausted and a little far away, he sees a small shelter. He goes to that shelter and he searches frantically there and he finds a pump. He's so thirsty for water, so what what does he do? He takes the pump and he starts pumping water. No water is coming out. One drop comes, he just does that and he leaves the pump. He sits next to the pump, he's so so exhausted, so frustrated with his life. And then there's a sign over there which says, idiot. There's a water bottle right underneath that shelf there. 
full of water. Take that water, put it into the pump, and then pump it, water will come. After the water comes, drink as much as you want, fill it again, put it back. Oh, interesting thought. So he takes the water. Now he's desperate. So he puts the thing into the pump, pumps the water, and then he drinks it, refills it, puts it back. And again says, if you don't, and he adds another line, if you don't do this, you're a super idiot. There, and he leaves. Another guy goes on the road. After all, same distance. He comes to this point, he's also thirsty. He's pumping for water, not even a small drop comes. It says, idiot. Bottle over here, full of water. Pour it into the pump, drink as much as you can, fill it up with water, put it back again. He takes his bottle and he says, oh, what do I do? What if water doesn't come? Let me see. Mirage, He says, hey, not very far. I can manage. What, what, if, what if I don't drink this water? I might die. So he drinks the water. And he starts walking with his bottle. Walks and walks and walks and walks and walks. Mirage after mirage after mirage after mirage after mirage. And finally, he drops dead on the desert. You know what Chuck Swindoll says? That bottle is your life. Give it to Jesus. Rivers of living water will flow through you. Don't give it to Jesus. You will die like that idiot. You have one life. Don't waste it. You know what Elijah tells that widow? Give me. Atta and oil. You give me, you will live. You will have plenty. Hurry. What if? That is the reason why you know what Luke's Gospel chapter 4 says? There were many widows in Israel. But Elijah was sent to that one man in Zarephath. You know why? Because she is the only one who was willing to give her all to Jesus so that rivers of living water can flow through her life. 2019 is coming, Baba. I am expecting big things in my... I am not big man. Chota admi. Okay. I am still assistant pastor. Pastor calls me associate. I get scared. Associate. No, no, no. Assistant. You know, you go to Google and you type Vijay Itakota. You know what will happen? First link. Lecturer, International Institute of Information Technology. Second link. Assistant pastor, Grace Tabernacle Church. I want to go with the LinkedIn profile. Assistant, okay. But you know what? In my small way, I don't know what God has, but I want to position myself to receive God's blessing. I want to get ready to relentlessly pursue God. I I get incredibly challenged by that book, Pursuit of God. How many of you read that book, Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer? You know how when he wrote that book, he was traveling from, he was on on a preaching assignment from one station to the other station. He said, Lord, eight hours I have, what should I do? Write a book. In eight hours, he wrote the book, the first draft of Pursuit of God, which has become a classic. Never wasted his time. Gave it all to God. And you know what? Millions of Christians are touched by that book because he gave it to God. One life, which is like a breath. 
Don't waste it away. Don't waste it away. Saints, not worth it. Small people, young people, big people, teenagers, unteenagers, 40s, 30s, what have you. If you're wasted, come back to God. God will give you all the years that the locusts have. Believe that. Believe. Shall we all stand? Pastor, could you, could you end the year with prayer? Father, as we are here the last Sunday, the end of the year, Lord, we just thank you for your word. As your servant spoke at the end, if we turn back, you will give us all the time we wasted, the ears that locusts have eaten. Not just because you are God and able to do it, but because you are our Father and we are your children. And as the perfect Father, you don't want any, any one of your children to lose out. You desire our success more than we ourselves do. Therefore, we come to you, Lord. We look back and we want to ask for forgiveness for the time we have wasted. Time we have wasted, Lord, which could have put to profitable use. Building ourselves in you and serving you, Lord. Forgive us, Father. And I pray, Father, you would touch each one of us here. Rekindle that fire for those who have lost it. Where the flames have gone down, rekindle it. Fan it back to flames, Lord. That we restart our pursuit again. The greatest chase in human history. God chasing man. And that man chasing God. 2019, I pray, Lord, would be the greatest year for everyone than all the years that are behind us as we pursue you. Strengthen us. Empower us. Cleanse our thoughts, our minds, that our vision may be clear. Help us to pursue you as Elisha pursued Elijah, Lord. Touch weak bodies. Touch disturbed souls. Heal. I speak peace. Help us to go for the perfect and not be comfortable with the good. For your word says to redeem the time that we may know what is the perfect will of God. Just a day and a half left. But we saw already, Lord, how to look at time. Less than 30 hours. 
But let us help us to make use of that 30 hours. Seeking your face. Thank you, Father. Once again, I commit the church, all our churches into their hands. We be with all your shepherds and be with all your sheep. Protect us. Keep us close to you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and amen.